ready to rock it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, is that rocket one word or two words? Ready? To, oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking like rocket, like one word. <laughs> ready to take <laughs> oh. off. <laughs> okay. Ugh, ready to rocket, guys. I oh, mean, man, so good. Happy <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> How are you, Haley? I am good. I'm tired. Same. Same. It's Thursday. Who likes Thursdays? Nobody. Nobody. They're Friday's Eve. Friday's Eve? Happy Friday Eve. Oh my gosh, you know how many people say that at my work? If I ever catch myself saying that, it'll be the day that I just walk out the door. (laughs) Happy Friday Eve! I didn't realize it was a thing until I started working in an office, and I was like, oh. This matters oh, yeah. to other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. You say, like, happy Friday. Happy Friday yep. Eve. Oh, yep. it's Monday. Yeah. it's just, Yeah. Um, also, you're just talking about uh, that's the day that I will get up and walk out. So when I did the other job where I was bored all the time, I literally had, like, a dream where I thought of a short story where I just did that, where I just left. Nice. It was great. Wait, you had a dream where you thought of a short story? No, I think I was like, did I have a dream or did I just think about it? (laughs) I think that I just thought about it, like a short story of where the person worked at an office, but it was more mysterious than that. Like the person in the dream or in the story that was me technically, like left without a trace, like disappeared (laughs) completely. Like the car was still in the parking lot. Oh, well, that's just murder. It's not murder. Or at the very least, <laughs> kidnapping. It was a disappearance. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. All right. Um, yeah, podcasting. Um, this episode. That's what we're doing currently. That's what we're doing. I feel like we just haven't... Well, we talk all the time. I'm just feeling super giggly right now. I don't know. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. It's better than feeling sad true very true i just slurred that it's better <laughs> are you having some wine today Haley? <laughs> um i just started so it's nothing to be worried about not, not settled in yet okay no <sighs> all right do you want me to do you want me to read the thing are you gonna read the thing um i think you did last time so i can do it all right roll the thing Welcome to Lit in Love, the podcast. For those of you who are new, we are not in love with each other. It's not that kind of thing, but we are lit and in love with lit and the love that exists within lit. If we've lost you, that's okay. Let me bring you back. I am Haley. And I'm Mariah. And we are here to talk about couples and literature. And also, we know that lit is not that popular of a catch of a slang phrase, catchphrase anymore, but here we are. That's what we built the foundation of this podcast on, and it's going to stay. <laughs> yeah. So, haters back off. We're, we are we are lit. Yeah. Exactly. All right. The book, the book that we are reading, we're currently still reading it for you because it's a novel. I say that like 
It is underlined and bolded. A novel of biblical proportion. A true novel. Yes. That's good. Exactly that. It uh, it's like a thousand pages about, and it is uh, Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. And I haven't looked up a lot about it because I don't want to spoil myself because I oh, have not wow. seen the movie yet. Good for you. So I didn't do any of the author lookup kind of stuff yet. I might do it in the next part of this episode. This episode is going to be in two because... Yeah, and we're not going to spoil anything that's in the second half. We're going to keep it. We're going to treat the first half of the book as if it is its own book. So that'll be it. And then we'll sum it up and we'll do our couples at the end. And it's just like a regular episode, but it's half the book. And then next month we will do the other half. Yes. Yes. And I'm very excited because as I've said, I've told Haley before, this is my granddad's favorite movie, which I want to watch with him. Like first so time seeing it, so because my uncle, I have, I have two uncles and they're twins, and one of them is named Rhett after Rhett Butler. It's pretty cute. It, it is. It is. Okay, let's uh, let's let's rock it. Let's get started. Let's rock it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put. We're gonna put that somewhere on the Instagram. <laughs> let's rock it. Ugh, if only I was. If I if only I was a, some sort of artist, I could make a cute cartoon about podcasting and rockets. We'll work on that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. So I kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> I blocked. I blocked the characters into like families as much as I could. So bear with me, uh, listeners and Haley. And if I forget someone, I'm not really sorry because there's too many people in this book. So get over it this will be like that book of the bible where they're just naming names for the whole book of the bible oh my god yeah i literally was just talking to my parents about that is it numbers uh well there's in genesis there's some of it and i was just listening to genesis like on audible and it was that one part where it's talking about the lineage of adam and i was like "Mm, can't listen to this (laughs) (laughs) so i skipped it all (laughs) that's okay it's all right. I got to the better stuff. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with the O'Hara's, which I will say like the book kind of revolves around because Scarlet is like the main character. And so Scarlet O'Hara is like, I think we meet her when she's like 16 years old at the beginning of the book. And she's like the very first thing. She's beautiful. But the very beginning thing, it says that she's not that beautiful. She just knows how to work with what she's got. Yeah. So she can charm people very easily. It's like that was such a weird opening of the book to me. Like she wasn't particularly beautiful, yeah. but she gets people to fall in love with her. Like she's very like cunning yeah. and like oh is it is it like wily? Uh, it's oh, not wily. You know, like, she's wily. Cause it means that she's like she's got spirit, yeah. she's got spunk, she, she's a little manipulative. Exactly. There you go. Manipulative. That is what she is. But but she's learned from like lines of southern ladies learning how to do these things she just like takes it the extra mile like turns it up a little bit to 11 (laughs) because she's not as like demure as all the southern ladies turn it up to 11 turn it up to 11 i don't even know the right like uh what do you call it i've only heard that in yeah i've only heard that in a movie 
where nobody else knew what it meant. I've only heard it in the office. I've I've only heard it in the duck when the mom's like, let's turn it up to 11. And all the kids are like, what are you talking about? I think it's This is Spinal Tap. I think it is. Which I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't either. Sorry. Anyways, Scarlet. So she is very, like, charming, and all of the boys in her town are kind of in love with her because she, like, knows how to work the system. Um, But she's super spoiled because, like, her family is super rich, and her parents kind of give her whatever she wants, and she's just grown up with this sense of entitlement, and that's, like she's a very strong-willed person and I will give her that she goes through intense stuff Mm -hmm. but she's also like super bitter holds grudges forever she's super flawed but intense yeah she's very entitled that's like her key word entitled and stubborn yeah she can't believe bad things are happening to her yeah her of all people exactly and uh her parents are Gerald and Ellen Gerald is like a small, I put a small little big man. <laughs> and he's he's uh, Irish and he's like fun. He like jokes around with his daughter. He likes to gamble and get drunk and he lies to his wife about jumping fences. And he like really understands um, Scarlett because he's like, you wouldn't enjoy being married to yeah. Ashley, who Scarlett is in love with. He like knows what would mm-hmm. happen. So they get along pretty well. And um, her mom, her name is Ellen, and she's just this beautiful, lovely, perfect picture of what a Southern woman is. And she's just so, she's like an oppressed gem, is what I said, because she's so wonderful, but she's hidden all of her feelings deep, deep, deep inside. And it's very Mm -hmm. sad, her story. But she basically takes care of everything at Tara, where they live. She oversees everything, even though Gerald's technically in charge. She does everything. And her mom is named Solange, which I didn't know until I Googled something. And I was like, what? Solange, like Beyonce's sister? So amazing. (laughs) And then Scarlett has two younger sisters, Sue Ellen and Kareen. Sue Ellen um, has like an older boyfriend who's like 40 years old his name is frank kennedy and it's really weird because nobody uh, is upset about it um and <laughs> kareen is the youngest and she has a crush on one of the boys that scarlet hangs out with they're both like there's scarlet doesn't really describe them a lot in the very beginning of the book because i think she's not really into uh, her sisters at all at the beginning of the book she like doesn't care about them so it's only until like the end of part three where we get more information because the narrator is going through scarlet's eyes mostly like yes we'll get some information about this other person but it's mostly going through scarlet so so Mm -hmm. sue ellen and kareen and sadly uh ellen had three boys who all died and there were babies and they're in the uh in graves at tara which is sad um and then so there's a couple other families like where um scarlet lives there's the tarletons and so there's twins brent and stewart and all of the family i'm assuming is redheaded they all have to be <laughs> so there's tw- the twins who are like weirdly together in love with scarlet at the beginning of the book which i just don't understand how that was going to work out for them if it continued so <laughs> 
Um, they're, they're just boys. They're just weird. They were. It reminded me of Fred and George mostly because they're redheaded twins that are a little mischievous. So it just reminded me of that. Yeah. And then they have brothers Tom and Boyd, and then they have four sisters who all have varying shades of red hair. It made sure to explain the different shades of their red hair in the book. And they have a fiery mama named Beatrice who raises horses, and I think she kind of loves her horses a little bit more than her children. But she's really mm-hmm. great and intense. And like we will talk about later, we think that Gerald and her would make a great pair because they uh, admire each other. <laughs> and then the Tarleton dad is named Jim, according to Schmoop, which I didn't know while reading the book. I didn't even know he was a character. Who knows where he is? Oh, yeah. He's briefly mentioned a couple times. Like, he's there. But yeah. Mrs. Tarleton is just such a big personality. He's not yeah. noticed. Yeah. Um, and then the Wilkes, they marry their first cousins. That's like their tagline. And um, the dad. No the wonder patron- you got narrow hips, girl. Exactly. Sorry. Like that's the entire. That's the <laughs> entire thing. It's literally their fault. Oh gosh, the entire thing. So the patriarch of the family's name is John, and um, then the oldest son, his name is Ashley. He is who Scarlet is in love with and wants to marry, but he ends up marrying his first cousin, Melanie, obviously. He's like a dramatic artist-type person who would write you poetry. Um, but he kind of, like, even though he's great, but he also, like, leads Scarlet on about loving her when mm-hmm. he's going to marry someone else. So he's not really the best and also, mm-hmm. when I pictured him in my mind, I couldn't picture him with a mustache at all. Like when he, he comes one? when he comes home from the war, like on furlough, he's got like a mustache and a beard. And I'm like, I can't see that at all. The person that I'm imagining oh. <laughs> does not have a beard and a mustache. But that's the Civil War, dude. That's they all had it. I know. Ugh, what a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> And then he because has two of the facial sisters. hair only. Because of the facial hair only. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had two sisters. Weird choices for names: India and Honey. Um. Yeah, it's very millennial. It. Yeah, I like it, <laughs> but it's still weird. It's still yeah. Their names are all weird. Ashley, India, and Honey. What? Yeah. And so India was supposed to marry one of the Tarleton twins, but Scarlet, quote, stole him away. Uh, end quote, the Tarleton twin chose not to marry her. Like, it's uh, it was annoying. Um, and then uh, Honey, who was set to marry Charles, until Charles decided that he wanted to marry Scarlet, like, on a whim. Both of his sis- both of Ashley's sisters don't really like Scarlet at all. Which, Scarlet's not very nice, so I can understand that. But I feel like they don't like her for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So. Um, And then the Hamiltons, who are the first cousins of the Wilkes, and their parents have died uh, when they were very young. So there's Melanie, who is like... Hmm? Sorry, are you going to talk about Bo and John? Oh, whoops, forgot. Oh, I talked about John. I didn't talk about Bo. Bo, Wilkes is Melanie and Ashley's son, who we don't know much about yet because he was just born after he like he's got the most traumatic birthday of the entire world. Maybe not the yeah. entire world, but like he's up there. It was a terrible oh, yeah. day for everyone around. 
So, uh, so yeah, we don't know very much about him except that he came at a horrible time. Um, Way okay. to go, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bo, yo. Okay, not the same person. All right. <laughs> All right. The, so the Hamiltons, the first cousins, the parents died. Uh, Melanie is, like, painfully kind and optimistic. She's always, like, tries to think the best of everyone, and it's, sometimes it's really annoying, even for me. Um, and she always makes up excuses for, like, Scarlett's behavior or other people's behavior. She can always put herself in other people's shoes. She's just so kind. Mm-hmm. And she thinks too much of Scarlett, really. <laughs> and then her brother, Charles, who I wrote, he puts... his. He puts his eggs in all the wrong baskets. So so true. He, he like falls head over heels for Scarlet in just like an hour and a half, maybe? Yeah. And he Poor asks guy. her and he asks her to marry him and her out of spite marries him. He doesn't know that, but she marries him out of spite no. and then and then he goes to the war and dies immediately. Not even of war-related duties. He just and dies he was of such measles. a little sweetheart. I know. I know. He, sh- he should have married was, Honey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he would have died anyway, and at least he was happy mm-hmm. being married to Scarlet because he thought that she was the most amazing woman ever, and he was lucky to be with her. He really did. He even like she was like, "Don't sleep in this bed. I will slap you." He's like, "Okay, I'll sleep in this chair." yeah that was so sweet (laughs) but um but yeah so he dies of measles and it's really upsetting for his family um and that's at the very beginning of the war and then he has an aunt and uncle who raised him so there's aunt pity pat that's not her real name i think her real name is sarah jane and i wrote i was really proud of this line that i wrote a chubby delicate for whom the world is too much Uh, wow. She just, she just like pity pat, like just imagine her heart making that sound all the time. She's just pity patting around the house. Everything like is too much for her, and she's very like weak willed. So Scarlett yeah. obviously gets whatever she wants. I imagine her as a female version of the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> worried, <laughs> worried about all the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> So she like she helped raise Charles and uh, Melanie, which I think gave them the disposition that they have. Very like kind, sweet people. Cause she is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Henry is the uncle who's the like no no nonsense. He can't really stand his sister and only talks to her when he gives her her monthly allowance. Like he just doesn't deal with her at all. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> um, and then Wade Hamilton who's a barely there character is Scarlett and Charles baby. Scarlett and Charles probably slept together for like maybe three nights and they got a baby out of it. And Mm -hmm. his name is Wade. And after the baby is born, we don't hear about him like ever again until like the war is happening really intensely in Atlanta. Like he becomes more of a character when Scarlett actually has to take care of him. Yeah. And she doesn't do a very good job because she is 19 years old and hasn't been taking care of him since he was born. Like other people have been taking care of him. And so she gets really short tempered with him and he's afraid of everything and especially her. And then she's like, why are you afraid of me? She like yells at him. As she yells. (laughs) 
terrible. It's so I feel so bad for him because there's that one part in the book where he's it talks about him being afraid that the Yankees are gonna come and get him like anytime there's yeah. darkness or somebody's yelling and I'm like, this poor baby. Yeah. He's sad. damaged for the rest for probably the rest of his life. Probably damaged. But he does have solace in Melanie and he does have he solace does. in Will. Yes, exactly. Melanie Melanie was meant to be a mom, if, even if her body was not meant to have children. <laughs> <laughs> you know. uh, her little incesty body. <laughs> so gross. Okay. Um, and then there were other families um, that were near Tara where uh, Scarlett grew up, the Fontaines and the Calverts. And... I don't really know all of their names. I just know that they had plantations really close and they're sometimes mentioned and they had sons that died in the war. And Grandma Fontaine is a bad A and Kathleen Calvert is Charlotte, Scarlett's best friend. I said Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Almost the same. Almost. (laughs) Oh yeah, she's the one. Ooh, yeah. Grandma Fontaine is the one who is like, after Scarlet came over, after everything bad had happened, um, mm-hmm. she like talked to the girls and Grandma Fontaine, and then Grandma's like, "Girls, go back inside." Scarlet, what's happening? What's actually happening? Tell me the bad yeah. things. Scarlet needed that because I feel like otherwise Scarlet would have fallen yeah. apart. Yeah, and they all respected her so much because she's so hard and like cool and tough and doesn't care that like they knew. They might never hear what went down between her and Scarlett unless she chose to tell them because they're all afraid of her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know, which is great. It's great. She's a great lady. Grandma Fontaine. Also, Fontaine is just a fun last name. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, it but is. it's fun. I think it is, right? Okay. Um, And then, unfortunately, this book is in the South, during the civil war so they were slaves and they are also characters it makes me sad but they also deserve to be mentioned so there was um sam who was gerald's like he was like the biggest guy on campus he did like a great job for gerald um and he gets like commissioned by the confederates to come help them do stuff at the middle of the war i think so then he's not a terror anymore um, and then uh, Mammy is Ellen's, like, house slave who's been with her since she was, like, really young. And she, like, is as much of a mistress at Tara as Ellen is. Like, everybody mm-hmm. listens to her. And yeah. then... And she's, like, more honest than anyone else. She's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is. She's she is really great. And she does help Scarlet a little bit at the when she comes back. So that's good. Um, and then there's Prissy, who actually is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was listening on audio and mm-hmm. her voice, the voice that the narrator was doing for Prissy was intolerable. It was just uh, disgusting. Even just reading it. Like, because I'm she's Scarlet. Not, yeah. And she's not very helpful. And it doesn't, it also doesn't no. help that Scarlet is not patient at all. So it's just not a good pairing. And super racist. <laughs> it's, yeah, super racist. All of it's super racist. Disclaimer. Oh, yeah. We don't agree that, with Yeah, that's racism. just like <laughs> blanket statement. Um, racism is here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then the other one was um, un- I think they call him Uncle Peter, and he mm-hmm. um like basically takes care of Aunt Pity Pat. He's almost yes, more in charge sweet. of the house. He's more in charge of the house than she is. And he's so worried about her. It's very sweet. I know. It's very cute. He, like, comes back to Scarlet and Melanie's like, how could you leave Pity Pet by herself? And they're like, uh, we almost died. Sorry. <laughs> but it's not that it's cute because it's a slave and a master. That is not cute. See? No. <laughs> I just yeah. want to say that. <laughs> we just have to, yeah, we just have to, uh, it's so difficult because some of these people are friends. Yeah, like part of the family. But there's a divide. There's a hierarchy. There's, yeah, there's a weird line to where like even when the like after the war and they're like they have some pigs finally to like eat and they're like we get this food, you get that food. Oh yeah, they get the giblets like, or whatever, giblets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um and then there's also Dilsey. Oh, yes, Percy's mom. Sam's Sam's wife, right? And Prissy's mom? I think so. Because it was also at the beginning, Gerald Gerald buys a slave woman and her daughter because it's Sam's like wife. I think so. I think so, yeah. And Dilsey? I think it's Dilsey. Yes? Yeah. Dilsey is like actually very helpful and very strong. Yeah. Okay. And then I put the butlers, but I just have Rhett. <laughs> uh, Rhett is this man who is like swarthy with a black mustache, always dressed impeccably well. Um, he was thrown out of his family for some indecent behavior, something with a girl. They always say that, but we know that he probably slept with this girl and then refused to marry her. And yeah. her brother got mad and tried to shoot Rhett, and Rhett shot him first. Rhett shot first. Did he kill him? I think he did. Dang. Okay. So, so he was. So he was. What is the term? Is he was not received in all of the houses oh, yeah. of the South, which basically, like the South, is run at this time on a bunch of weird, arbitrary traditions and rules that you have to like yeah. learn through your parents it's very weird and complicated and i would not be able to keep up with it no absolutely not it's like the society of jane austen yeah it's got a bunch of nuanced things and things that you do if you're a woman if you're a man if you're a gentleman which comes up a lot in the book everybody's like Rhett is not a gentleman because he does whatever he wants basically um real quick i just want to throw in a factoid about marshall yes his grandma got him a shirt Mm -hmm. that says gentleman on the pocket Mm -hmm. and he wore it in front of her just to please her because he hated it Mm -hmm. and then she didn't even notice so Uh, that happened unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) did did he say anything Uh, did he be like grandma i'm wearing the shirt no of course not you're supposed to do that he forgot the Instant she bought it, she was like, whatever, take this, and forgot forever. You're supposed to, you gotta point it out. People forget. I do that all the yeah. time with my grandma. She usually remembers, but it'll be like, oh, I'm wearing the shirt that you bought me. And she's like, you like it? I'm like, I do. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I do. I'm wearing it. <laughs> That's literally how it would have gone. Obviously, grandma. <laughs> what is that one? The one, the one John Mulaney joke? It's like, well, we all used to play jacks down at the fountain. No one knows what you're talking about, Grandma. You idiot. 
you know how you talk to your grandma you know how you talk to your grandma <laughs> but no my grandma's awesome i love her um we love marshall's grandma too Go Marshall's grandma. This podcast is sponsored by Marshall's grandma. She has no idea it's happening. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but, um, okay. And so, Brett Butler, he's not received any of the houses, like, in the so- entire South? I'm not sure. But the houses around uh, Tara, where Scarlett grew up. And basically that means that he's never really invited, even though there aren't invitations. They ju- he's just not invited, basically. And when he shows up, everybody gossips about him. They're like, he's not received. But he just says what he wants. He's a savage and he takes, like, he takes opportunities that come up, like, no matter what. If it's going to be good for him, he's going to do it. Yep. He's an opportunist. He doesn't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe in the war. He doesn't get flat. He's not easily flappable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he also, I, like, okay, I really liked him at the beginning. The very beginning where we met him is at the part at a barbecue where Scarlett gets engaged to Charlie, Charles. Um, he basically is like, why do you guys want to go to war? The South would lose. And he lays down some, like, solid logic about why the south would lose and everybody freaks yeah. out and i was like oh he's a savage and then when he leaves yeah, Scar- he doesn't care then when he leaves scarlet i was like this is terrible <laughs> i was like that's a I terrible know. thing to do and he's been diminished a bit in my eyes mr butler yeah so um and then the last couple people um just townspeople in atlanta like the meads so there's dr mead and mrs mead Miss Mayweather and Miss Elzing and all three of those ladies like basically run Atlanta. They run these hospitals, they like run the charities, they do everything. Scarlet is always annoyed at them because they're always wanting her to help. <laughs> um and then lastly, a character that we meet at the very end of part three is Will Benteen, who is a uh soldier who I think one of his legs was amputated, if I am correct, I think. Yeah, well, half of it. His leg is amputated, and he's just like a good, solid person that's been helping out, helps out at the plantation, and he's very like, um, oh gosh, what is the word? He really reads between the lines and knows what people are like feeling and thinking. He's, he's very, very perceptive. Yeah, perceptive. There we go. So, and he's really helpful. Like he could just be like a soldier, like. A typical guy soldier is like, please give me some food. I'm just going to stay here because I fought in the war. He's very helpful. Yeah, because he he feels like he owes them something because they saved his life. Because he, when he showed up, he had pneumonia. So then they nursed him back to health. And then he was like, well, I'm not just going to leave. Mm-hmm. And I have nowhere to go, really, because he doesn't have family. He has a sister that moved away, mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. then he had a little farm that is overrun now. So He's good at woodworking, farming, like all these different things. So he's a really well-rounded, cool person. And he has a little bit of a crush on Kareen, at least it looks like. Yes, yes. And he's just a gem. He's a gem. Okay. So I'm going to go over <laughs> I'm going to go over the story. <laughs> and we're going to just strap in and ro- rock it. <laughs> zoom, zoom. <sighs> okay. And I did not edit these down, um, and so I'm just going to try to scan and edit as I go, and we'll see. We'll right. see. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So chapter one, 
opens at Tara. The Tarleton boys are captivated by Scarlet, and they sit with her in the opening scene. They talk about people in their little closed society. They let it slip that Ashley Wilkes, who Scarlet secretly pines for, will announce his engagement to Mel- Melanie Wilkes, his cousin. The twins then leave, and Scarlet doesn't invite them in for dinner, which is rude. Pa comes home for dinner, drunk, and he and Scarlet interact. They both do naughty things all the time, and because they have an understanding with each other, they don't tell Ellen. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, she tries to talk to him, talk to him about Ashley, and he says they're not suited. And she should get over it, basically. And it shows his train of thought is like, why does she bother me with these things? She should bother her mother with them. Um, Because, you know, Ellen doesn't have enough on her plate, Gerald. Um, We get introduced. (laughs) I know. We get introduced to mother. We get the backstory on her parents' marriage. So Pa moved here from Ireland after his tall and serious brothers moved here. Uh, meaning America, the South. He bet a man for his barren land, um, and the man was like, it's not really worth anything, but okay. And then he ended up winning it. Um, And then once he got his land, started cultivating it, he started being invited to fancier events. And then he developed a crush on Ellen, who was super young. And she accepted because she was heartbroken that her beau died. Um, His name was Philippe, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so her cousin Philippe was her betrothed, and she wanted to be with him, and then he died. And she was only 17, and Gerald was 43. Mm. So this is the first glimpse that we get that Scarlett is not like her graceful and proper and uh, society-accepted mother. So then uh, Gerald's slaves that he bought which are his slave's wife and child, meaning Sam's wife and child, uh, Dilsey and Prissy arrive at Tara. Ellen goes to help a white trash lady, <laughs> Emmy Slattery, <laughs> give birth to a bastard and baptize it, and the bastard is stillborn. So that is pretty intense and she's just kind of rolling with it she's like yeah he the poor bastard was dead and that's it and then scarlet becomes determined during an inner monologue dialogue that she will let ashley know her love and win him over the next day at the big barbecue so she thinks that if she can get to ashley before he announces the, the engagement to melanie then she has a chance but it's just such a sad, like, moment when you're, like, reading that internal monologue when you're like, this is not going to go well, Scarlet. This is not going to go well. She has, like, an intense plan but how it's going to go down, and it's just not good. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we've all developed those plans in our heads. Like, I'm going to tell him that I like him, and it's going to be awesome, yep. and I'm going to get what I want. <laughs> I guess. It does not happen. <laughs> <sighs> I have a quick story time. So there was a guy that I thought that I had a crush on in one of my classes in college, even mm-hmm. though I had literally never spoken to him. I just thought he was cute. Mm-hmm. And Marshall knows the story. Don't worry. <laughs> and I was sitting behind him in a class like every day. And it was not a science meeting, but we would always sit in the same spot. So then occasionally we'd like make eye contact or whatever. So I literally went to class that day being like, 
I'm going to like strike up a conversation with him. <laughs> and then what actually happened was I asked him what day the quiz was. And then that was it. That was it. That was it. You technically did strike up a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was just like a two-line conversation. But, you know. That reminds me of Mean Girls. It's like, what day is it? It's October 3rd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Deep cuts. Okay. So, laced up tight 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 in the movie there's a scene where uh mammy is helping scarlet lace up tight uh scarlet starts out feeling nervous and irritable because it's a big day um she just is focused on getting what she wants the tarletons are a raucous bunch especially the mother they show up and they're just causing a scene and they're loud and they're i just want to use the word jangly They're just a little jangly. Um, And Gerald stops and talks to her as they're on the way to, um, what's, is it 12 Oaks? I think so. Yeah. They're going to the Wilkes estate. So Gerald stops and talks to her and it's clear that he admires her and they talk about the horses and then he calls her a fine woman. Scarlet plays with Charles Hamilton. She plays with him like a cat playing with her prey. So Charles is the brother of Melanie, Ashley's intended, and he falls in love with her very quickly. And then she meets Rhett for the first time. He undresses her with his eyes. She literally is like, he looked at me like he could see through my clothing, basically. (laughs) And then the girls go down for a nap because apparently they're in preschool and Scarlett sneaks out to see Ashley. So she uses that time to tell him she loves him. And he essentially is like, ha, okay, and rejects her. And then Rhett is asleep on a couch or just laying down on a couch in the room. And then he overhears and he gets up and he mocks her. She gets mad at him and she throws something across the room and it breaks. So then she meets Charles in the hall and he's like, when do you want to get married? And she's like, the sooner the better, basically. (laughs) She's just heartbroken. Okay, so that was the end of chapter six. Okay, chapter seven. So Scarlett was a wife in two weeks and a widow in two months. Then a mother, like seven months after that approximately. So like sped up and terrible. It... It's painful. Mm-hmm. It's like, could you imagine a worse chain of events for a young bride? I know. And then I mean, other than being a super young bride. Other than being a super young bride, then being a super young widow, where there are all these rules about how you have to be a widow. How you have to mourn. Yeah. yeah forever. Even down to the things you have to wear. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So... So Charles, as we stated, he died of measles um, and pneumonia uh, in a war camp. So, like, he didn't even really see action. Mm -hmm. Scarlett made Charles stay away from her on her wedding night. He was very patient and sweet with her. She has postpartum depression. It's pretty clear. Um, But her mom thinks that she's in mourning for her husband, who she doesn't care about at all. And so Ellen sends her away to visit with family in Atlanta. So Scarlett goes to Atlanta to see Charles's family, including Melanie. She likes Atlanta because Gerald um, bent the truth once and told her that she shares a birth year with it. Um, even though she doesn't, it did officially become like the city of Atlanta the same year she was born. 
So Atlanta, like Scarlett, is young and very, very prideful. Um, Scarlett is embroidering all the time, and she's super bored and left out, and she's being treated like an old maid. There's um, some hints that Rhett is a captain, and um, there's like a little bit of buzz about him because it mentions like Captain Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, the ladies help out in booths in a hospital for the war effort because um, the single ladies can't be bothered because they're too busy flirting with men and trying to get married quickly. Um, there's a part where there's a waltz playing and Scarlet Mimes dancing to it. The soldiers look very young and the girls look very lovely and she feels very left out. And she's not used to that at all. She's used to being the center of attention. So then they all sing together Bonnie Blue Flag. And she's the only one there that is not starry-eyed about how romantic the war is. She's just very practical, matter of fact, all the time. So Rhett Butler shows up. He is filled in somehow on Charles and the marriage and everything. And obviously she still knows about Ashley And Scarlett is terribly embarrassed and flustered by him even being there. And then they just kind of laugh at the situation. Um, So they have this mutual understanding of each other, kind of like how she had with her dad. Um, Scarlett and Melanie donate their gold rings, um, meaning their wedding rings. And Scarlett chose to dance um, when she shouldn't have because Rhett challenged her by calling her a coward and saying the first time they met, He knew she was brave, um, and so he was kind of like, oh, I thought you were brave, but apparently you're a chicken. And so he did the Marty McFly thing, or she did the Marty McFly thing, and she's (laughs) like, nobody calls me chicken, and then they danced. Um, So then the aftermath of that scandal was just dastardly. No, that's not a word that applies. But Rhett returned Melanie's ring, to her, but he didn't return Scarlet's to her, which obviously means something. Um, and then Pa, Gerald, wrote Scarlet a scathing letter, and he said he's going to come punish her, and he's pissed. But she is more scared of facing Ellen, because Gerald is a softie when it comes to Scarlet. But then when Gerald gets there, he goes out drinking with Rhett and gambles, so he can't bring her home to Ellen, because then he'll get in trouble too. That's the impression that I got. Yeah. Scarlet was basically like, I won't tell mom that you lost all this money and got super drunk if you tell her that it was a lie that I danced. We'll just pretend that none of it happened. Because <laughs> clearly, one of those is so much worse than the other. But it's like, no, we're supposed to think that her dancing is like the worst possible thing yeah. she could do. Exactly. And then also, the war... So... I hope people know this, but it is it's the Civil War. We talked about it. It like was beginning oh. of the book <laughs> and it happened right before Scarlet got married and that's why they got married so quick. Yeah. And then I don't one problem is I realized I don't know exactly where Scarlet where Tara where Tara is. Oh, it's mm, And it's gotta be super it's close. South of Atlanta. It. Yeah, 'cause it it's gotta be super close because it takes them forever to get places. Yeah, I think it's pretty close, but um, I know that it's south. (laughs) That's about it. Um, And yeah, they declare war officially the day of the barbecue because then they're all going around like, oh, Lincoln is calling for troops. And then they're like, oh, it's happening now. It's really happening. So it seems to be like 
big war events seem to line up with Scarlet's life. Mm-hmm. So um, they dance together. Okay, so Scarlet has begun reading Ashley's letters to Melanie. So Ashley went off to war, um, and Melanie is his patient bride waiting at home, and Scarlet is just stealing the letters and reading them before Melanie does. So Ashley's feeling hopeless about the war. Um, he is too existential and poetic and um he thinks in very big terms like he doesn't he doesn't believe in the war basically um so he knows their way of life is over um and he knew it was over as soon as the war began he admits that Rhett was right um and southerners only have cotton and arrogance and she so Scarlett is just reading this and she's just like oh yeah blah 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 does he talk about me? Like, she doesn't really care. But <laughs> Basically, then, yes. That's all she's looking for. Yeah. But then she rationalizes, like, every little thing that he says to Melanie, she, like, twists it so that, oh, he doesn't really love Melanie. He loves me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's sad. So, so then ridiculous. the war, yeah, she is pretty delusional, I think. Um, so the war is getting worse. Um, but Scarlett has a social life again. So Aunt Pity Pat and Melanie want her back in Atlanta, and she wants to go for the bow, for the bows, secretly. Mm-hmm. So Rhett is among them. Um, she puts up with him because he knows the truth about her, and she finds him exciting because he pays attention to her, and he's much more exciting than anyone else. She can't insult him because he's never offended by anything. He's unflappable. Um, he's well-traveled. He's an excellent pilot of cargo sh- cargo ships and he is technically a soldier but he's a total charmer to all the ladies he bears an impersonal contempt for the society of the south and although he's admired and ogled at he does not want a part of the society at all like he just looks down on it Uh, he openly disapproves of the war offending everyone and mrs merriweather tells pity pat she has to forbid him from the house Melanie actually sticks up and says they won't do that because if he shares the same views as her own husband, Ashley, who is against the war, she doesn't feel right forbidding him, which is really cool of Melanie, I think. She, she Melanie is pretty awesome. Like, she can be a pushover, but she also, like, always wants to do what's right, and she can be really brave sometimes. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't care as much about society as she does about doing the right thing. So Scarlett realizes that even though Ashley and Rhett feel the same way, Rhett is actually the brave one because he says something about it. And Ashley is the one that is in the trenches fighting, not saying anything about it to anyone but his wife. Exactly. So that's like the first doubt that she has about Ashley. Um, And then that's like, what is it? Like, uh, they all have this idea, these men, they're like, well, we have to go because we're gentlemen. We have to go die for this thing that we don't believe in anymore. And Rhett is just like, I'm, I don't want to live. I'm not going to die for something yeah. I don't believe in. And he so, games yeah. the system. Yeah, he to- totally. Yeah, it's all for Rhett, it's all about getting rich and being successful and having fun. Oh, yeah. So Dr. Mead writes about um, Butler, Rhett Butler, and it gets in the paper. Um, he doesn't write about him by name, but everyone knows who he's talking about. So Rhett gives Scarlet an expensive green hat. She isn't supposed to accept lavish gifts from men, but she can't resist. So then it turns out 
<laughs> so Melanie comes in and she's like all upset. And she's like, this, this lady of the night was talking to me. And I, I didn't want to be rude, but she was just, she was so dirty and awful. And she <laughs> handed me, she handed me some money for the hospital and I don't know what to do. And then Scarlett takes it out of her hands and she opens it up and she recognizes the handkerchief as being the same kind of handkerchief that Rhett had given her like a week before or whatever. It has his initials in it and it looks exactly the same. So (laughs) Scarlett burns the handkerchief. Meanwhile, Melanie is like, what do I do? I'm in this moral conundrum. And Scarlett is like, screw you, Rhett. That's all she cares about. It just literally doesn't care. (laughs) So, in case you didn't catch on, that means that Rhett hired a prostitute and gave her a like a thing of coins in his handkerchief, and then the prostitute gave it to Melanie. So Scarlett is not happy because even though she has no intentions with Rhett, he doesn't have intentions with her, or at least he's with other women. So. She's just petty like that. Yeah. So I kind of like tried to pepper in things about the war, but I didn't focus on it because there's just there's a so lot. Much. So. The story, this story is so expansive because it covers yeah. like, a long time. Like it's not just like, oh, yeah. it's happened today and tomorrow. It's like this is like years of the war going on. And Scarlet, yeah. I think – right now because she was like 16 and now she's like 19 or 20 Mm -hmm. end of part three yeah like she's still younger than us like by several years and she's had to do all these things and it just stresses me out oh yeah yeah she's well we'll get to it anyway so there's small victories in the war that give the southerners hope and they do have some really strong generals like that's what people generally say about the civil war generally (laughs) (laughs) that's what people say about the civil war is like um, the North had the numbers and it had the mm-hmm. money, but the South had the generals, like the strong mm-hmm. leaders. Um, and it had the the hometown pride kind of yeah. aspect. And of course, the racism, mm-hmm. but whatever. And then, <laughs> so there's small victories that kind of bolster their efforts and make them feel like this could be a win. So the casualty list comes in, and Ashley isn't on it. Um, So some of their boys, like some of their hometown boys, die. Scarlett finds out a bunch of her childhood friends died. Some of her beaus died, including the Tarleton twins. Um, So this is the first time that we see Scarlett break. This is the first time she's affected by the war. Um, And she feels grief, and she feels guilt. Um, and it's really, really sad to read because the Tarleton boys are just harmless, even though they're entitled, like all of them, they're just funny and they were her friends and it's sad to read. It is. So Scarlett sees Ashley for the first time in two years. Um, he has a beard and a mustache. He's hardened a bit. Um, she's swooning all over again. So Melanie makes Ashley a new coat because his is tattered. Um, Ashley is happy not to talk about war. Um, He has kind of just shut himself off to the emotion of the war. He just is kind of doing it mechanically now. So he asks Scarlett to look after Melanie. He asks her to promise to take care of her because she's strong. 
um, and he knows Melanie isn't. He calls Scarlett beautiful in face, mind, and soul. And then he kisses her, immediately regrets it, (laughs) and then leaves. And that's all in one chapter. Oh my gosh. And then, like, it's not fair because he knows Scarlett loves him. And he's like, will you take care of my wife? It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Yeah. (laughs) I think on some level, he does love her, but I don't think it's, like, with the same intensity. I feel like part of the reason why she loves him so much is because he's something that she couldn't have. Oh, definitely. I think it's also that she rejects Southern society, and he is so Mm -hmm. unlike any other Southern man that it's exciting to her. But in reality, she she shouldn't be. She's not a lady. No, and she and he's a total gentleman, even yeah. though he's like different than all the rest. He's happy in the Southern society. So yeah. Okay, so the South is still suffering, but still prideful as always. So Scarlet is recovering from Ashley's two month visit. Melanie is pregnant now. Scarlet tells her to hush. I think Scarlet was really mad because she's still holding on to this idea that Ashley is going to love her and they're somehow going to be married. And so she's mad. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think Melanie, I think Melanie was going on about something that was worrying her or something about Ashley or the baby. And Scarlet tells her to hush. So Melanie thinks she's upset her because she's reminded Scarlet of Charlie Um, But really, Scarlett is just upset about Ashley and the fact that now Mm -hmm. Ashley has a baby with Melanie. So then they find out that Ashley has gone missing and he was taken prisoner and he's at Rock Island. And apparently they treat prisoners very poorly there. So Ashley was offered release if he enlisted with the Yankees to fight the Indians and he refused. So then um, Scarlett gets mad because she's like, why would he refuse if he could get out? And uh, Melanie is like, no, I'm proud of him because he's, you know, fighting for the cause. And Rhett is like, he's a gentleman and just sums him up. So then part three, in May 1864, Stonewall Jackson dies. Um, Aunt Pity has a party (laughs) (laughs) and does not invite Rhett, but he shows up anyway because that's who he is. So Scarlett has to stand and nurse men in the hospital. There's amputations everywhere. Medicine is scarce. People are in pain. It's hot. It's sticky. It's sweaty. There's very little water. The war is going really badly now. Um, They send off the boys and the older men. It's very sobering and very sad. Can you imagine anything worse than a bunch of old, like, grandpas and dads, like, having to go off? To war. I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's it's different than like young men because they're like, oh, we're invincible. Like we're we're confident. But when a man is older, he's like, I'm not going to last two minutes out there. You know, like they just kind of have the expectation that they're going to die. Like, yeah, for sure. Like this is the end kind of thing. And then it was also like little boys who are like 12. Yeah. And you're like, you also should not be going. It's just very sad. I was unclear on the age of the boys because at one point um, it said that all the remaining boys who were under 16 and all the men over like 70 or something 
were left. So it was like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it was only the boys that were 16 and older. I was really confused about that. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> it, I think I think a certain age, I think it was either a certain age or if all of the brothers had already gone mm. and died. Like that was the Meads. I think he was like 16 years old, but his brothers had already died. And so his mom was like, you are not going because I can't have all of you mm-hmm. die. And then what happens? He ends up going when the health guard sent out, and he dies. It's real no. sad. So Ashley's father, John, um, actually goes off. And as he's going, um, Scarlett catches him, and they have a conversation. So Scarlett notices the horse. He's riding on Nellie, which is Mrs. Tarleton's last horse. And he kind of jokes, like, I wouldn't want to be there if anything bad happens to Nellie because like Mrs. Tarleton will beat me up. Um, and so he's just, kind of, he's basically an older version of Ashley. That's how Scarlett sees him. And she has a lot of admiration for him. And so she gets really emotional that he's going off. She also hears that her dad wanted to go to war, but then he couldn't jump the fence with his horse. So that was like the, the test, I guess. No, I think he, like, went to go, and he, like, jumped the fence, and he, like, got injured. Okay. Like, he did that one time. And so Classic. they were like, you can't go. Classic <laughs> Gerald. Yeah, yeah. so Miss, Mr. Wilkes took Mrs. Tarleton's last horse, Nellie, um, and then Wilkes and Nellie would both die. So then there's a threat of the Yankees taking the railroad close to Terra in Jones Jonesboro, right? Jonesboro. Okay. Yeah. So then Scarlett fears for her family and wants to return home. Um, but the doctor, Dr. Meads said she had to stay with Melanie because Melanie was too fragile to move and she was very close to her due date. So everyone, I know that the doctor is the doctor, but I feel like that was literally the worst advice he ever gave. I know. Like I, I know he didn't know what was going to happen, but he had to have known that it was going to get dangerous in Atlanta yeah. for two two young women. He just becomes super unhelpful after that. And it was just a bad decision. Scarlett should have went home. Yeah. Um, okay, so everyone evacuates as the war gets closer. But Scarlett and Melanie are left behind because they're waiting for this baby. So there's no women who can help with the birth. There's no doctors left. Um to help deliver the baby on the day that it's finally coming, um, which is the worst timing ever. So basically Melanie wakes up and she's been having pains and she tells Scarlett, Oh, I've actually been up for hours and I think the baby's coming today. And I think I'm going to die today. So also I need you to take care of the baby. If I die also, I want the baby to be like you, if it's a girl and I want it to be like Ashley, if it's a boy and Scarlett's like, Whoa, slow down. It's a lot. Scarlett's like, this is too much for me. Can you just not have the baby? (laughs) She's like, shut your legs. (laughs) Yeah. So Melanie is like, it's okay. Like, I know I'm going to die today, but I trust you and I love you so much. And you're going to take care of this baby for me. Okay. And Scarlett's like, shut up. Don't have the baby yet. And then she's like, Prissy, help. And then she's like, uh, Prissy's like, oh, it'll be okay. I know how to deliver a baby. Like she had already told Scarlett, like I've helped with births before. It'll be totally fine. So then she sends Prissy off to try to find somebody to help. And like I said, there's no doctors, there's no women, there's nobody to help because the war is so close and there's so many wounded soldiers that everyone is tending to all these soldiers. So 
Scarlet goes off to find Dr. Mead and has to like basically crawl over the sea of wounded soldiers that are just asking her for water. And it's kind of a disturbing scene. And they're all just suffering and dying in the streets. And Dr. Mead is like, I I can't help you. He's like, I can't t- get a woman to help you. He's like, I can't be dealing with that right now. Oh, it's so ridiculous. He's so unhelpful. And I know that he's stressed because he's like one of the only doctors. But it's uh, it's too stressful. It's too yeah. stressful. So they endure the longest, hottest afternoon ever. Um, with Melanie just in pain and Scarlett stressing out. And Scarlett takes out her frustration on Prissy. Oh, what did I say before? Did I say Prissy? I don't know. Yeah, I I Prissy. said a different name, but I don't know. So then she, <laughs> she gets really annoyed with her because she is kind of an annoying character because she walks slowly and she gets distracted. So in the midst of this panic, Rhett shows up and asks her to be his mistress. And she's like, shut <laughs> up. She's like, get out. She's like, I may not seem like a lady, but I'm not quite that. Now, what did she say? She was like, because she was like, are do you, are you asking me to marry? Are you asking you to ma- asking me to marry you? And he's like, no, I'm not a marrying type of man. He's like, I want you to be my mistress. And she's like, what would I get out of that other than a bunch of kids I don't want? And then she's like, oh my gosh, I said that out loud. <laughs> Is that what it was? This- she said like a passel of brats. And I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, is that? Okay. I thought that was like a weird sexual oh. innuendo. I was very confused. Because I think the person on my audiobook pronounced it brats. So then I was like, is that like a, like a dick joke? <laughs> like, I don't get it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Could go either way. <laughs> ah, and then she like blushes because it implies that she knows what a mistress does and they that sex leads to babies. Oh, like, come on. You have already had a baby. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. And so she, Rhett knows that she wants to leave and he's, he says something about like, she's in too delicate a state to be moving. And Scarlett like blushes because she's like, you shouldn't even know about her delicate state. And it's like, why don't you know about pregnancy? It's like the most natural thing in the world. I don't understand what's happening. Anyway, so they deliver the baby and the baby's okay. And Melanie is like kind of okay, but like really white and pale and sickly. Um, okay, so they're desperate to leave. Rhett comes again. Um, as they all leave together, Rhett actually is tender with her and he's like, it's okay, child, wipe your eyes or whatever. And he's like nice to her because she's kind of freaking out. And then he leaves her when they have already left together. He leaves her on the road. And it, uh, so then Scarlett. Yeah. So terrible. Do you want to talk about that? For so terrible <laughs> because after everything that has happened, like they had the stressful siege of Atlanta, like bullets are happening there's fire and then there's Cannon. baby being born and then they're like can't get a doctor to get the baby delivered and then they're like Rhett go get a horse and so he like steals a horse and comes back and they like driving on the road to try to get to Tara and Scarlet is like I will go home and he's like that's not a good idea and she just is like I will go home and then he just decides to leave her to not they didn't even make it to her house yet I he's know. like I'm gonna go fight in the war now that I don't care about. 
I I don't understand why he did that, and I'm waiting for part four to like reveal why he decided to do that. I started reading part four, mm-hmm. and I think I have an inkling, but I won't spoil it. Okay, so Rhett kisses her before mm-hmm. he leaves, which is important because it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, he finally kissed her. So then he's leaving her, and then she has the question, is Tara gone with the wind? And then it's like, oh, she said it. She said the thing. <laughs> and then, so we're just waiting for her to get back to Tara and waiting and waiting and waiting. So they have no food or water. They have a sick woman. They have a newborn. They have a little child and they have a whiny slave. Um, and they have an old horse who's like close to death. Yeah. So they found a cow that was like milling in pain. And Prissy said that it was in need of milking. So she was like, we're taking the cow. So then she hitches the cow to the wagon and she finally makes it home. And Gerald is like standing there and he's stunned and like, he's not really there. And uh, she finds out her mom had died the day before. It's so sad. So yeah. So Gerald is like basically senile from all the trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he tells her a Yankee doctor had helped her sisters by giving them opium and um, her sisters pulled through and survived the typhoid. Um, and her mom was too weak because she was always doing things for other people. She wasn't getting enough sleep. She wasn't getting enough food. Um, but that's ultimately what ruined her. So it's really sad. And uh, everyone misses Ellen because she was just a wonderful, lovely person. And I see a lot of parallels between her and Melanie. Mm -hmm. So then Dilsey um, is able to feed Melanie's baby because Melanie doesn't have any milk. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, okay, back to Ellen. She was quoted as saying, if I have to sell my soul, I'll sell it for some ice to put on my girl's heads. Like that's how much she loved her daughters that were suffering with her. She cared so much more for their lives than her own. That's so sad. And then she died while she was saying Philippe, her love. Wait, I missed that. Oh yeah. Um. Oh oh, gosh, who was it? Scarlet was. I think Scarlet was asking Mammy about it, about her death, like secretly. And some and another slave was like, was it Dilsey maybe or Pork? And they were like, she was saying this. And Mammy was like, don't say that. And Scarlet was like, tell me more. And so Scarlet doesn't know oh, the wow. entire, Scarlet doesn't know the entire story, but she knows that her mom loved someone probably named Philippe. Wow. So. Okay. Sad. So, yeah. So Scarlet at this point is devastated and she feels like there's nothing left of her girlhood. So. She, so, quote, she was no longer plastic clay, yielding imprint to each new experience. The clay had hardened sometime in this indeterminate day, which had lasted a thousand years, end quote. So she went to the Wilkes house. Um, She's just kind of scavenging around, and she finds uh, some old vegetables in the garden. She finds a radish. She bites into it, and then she throws up, and then she has this epiphany, and she's like, I am never going hungry again. Mm-hmm. So then Scarlet is becoming kind of mean and hardened. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mother's preparations to make her a lady did not work. She's fighting to keep Tara. Mm-hmm. A Yankee cavalry man comes into the house. He's rummaging around. She's just kind of watching him in shock. And then he picks up Ellen's rosewood 
sewing box. And then that's like when she snaps and she shoots him in the face. Like a savage. So, yeah, it kind of implied like he was going to come attack her or do something shady because he's kind of like, oh, so I'm not alone in the house. But that's all he says. And then she shoots him. She She just couldn't risk it because she had like just started putting together Tara again. And there's not enough people to, like, help protect, especially since, like, a soldier with a gun. And so she just, yeah. like, makes a quick decision and murders him. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And it, it keeps talking about how, like, the women would whisper about, like, southerner, southern women who were alone in the ruins. And then they would be raped by northern soldiers, which, like, that happens on both sides. But, yeah. yeah. So... Her thought after she does it is, I've done murder. <laughs> and then <laughs> Melanie, Melanie no. comes out and she, she's like proud of her. She like she's smiling. <laughs> yeah. So then Melanie is like, don't worry, I'll help you clean it up. And then, so that's like a true friend, the one that helps you bury a body. And sh- they rummage through his pockets and he had a ton of gold and a ton of money on him. Uh, and so they just bury the body and no one knows except her and Melanie. Um, so the murder changes Scarlet. So now she is a hardened criminal (laughs) and she kind of feels like whatever happens now, I've already experienced what it's like to murder. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a bad A. Yep. So then she visits neighbors and she looks around for food and company and the Fontaines are still there. Um, and they're far enough isolated where they didn't get hit too hard. Um, so Grandma Fontaine survived watching her family scalped by Indians, including her mother, right in front of her. Um, and so Grandma Fontaine is kind of telling Scarlett, like, I've been through it all. And that's why I'm not as scared of this war, because I know the worst thing that could happen to me. And so she says, that's not the way that a woman should be. You should always have room in you for fear. So she says, always save something for fear, even as you save something for love. And Scarlett doesn't really understand why she's telling her this. She's just kind of like, okay, why are you talking about things that happened literally 50 years ago? I don't care. And it's like, <laughs> Scarlett, you're so dumb. She's giving you a life lesson. <laughs> Scarlett, I feel like doesn't get a lot of the lessons uh, right off the bat. Like, they got to sink in for a while, and that's probably why her mom was always a little frustrated with her. Yeah. She's the oldest. She's got to try it all out first. Exactly. So now the Yankees are coming again. Um, Scarlet hides all the trinkets from the Yankee in Bo's diaper, um, which is kind of genius. It really is. It's gross, but it's genius. Yeah. So then she... She grabs Bo because he's Ashley's child. And she's like, I'm not going to leave without Ashley's child. But then she almost forgets her own kid when they're all fleeing. (laughs) So then the Yankees are swarming the house. And she's just alone in there with the kids. And they're tearing it apart. And they're stealing whatever they want. They're plundering it. So a soldier um, comes by. And he's a boy soldier. And he has this sword that has a golden handle on it. And it was Wade's grandpa's on Charles' side in the Mexican-American War. 
And she's like, no, please don't take that. That's my son's. And it's not even, it's not even a Confederate sword. Like it's from the Mexican war, whatever, whatever. And then the sergeant actually tells the soldier, no, let them keep it. He's like, I fought in that war too, which is kind of a cool moment. Mm -hmm. So then um, they get to keep it. But then the little boy says, I'll give you something to remember me by. So um, they had burned the slave cabins, which had their cotton in it. And the boy who wanted her to remember him set the kitchen on fire, which is cool. Um, so then Melanie... Terrible. <sighs> so then as Scarlet is fighting the flames alone, Melanie comes in and she saves her. Scarlet's back had caught on fire and she just slaps the crap out of her and she... <laughs> She passes out, and then Melanie is just like, she wakes up in Melanie's lap, and she's like, "Hey, like, why did you die in there?" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, well, you were on fire. You almost died in there, but we're okay now." And Melanie's just like blissed out and happy, and just like everything's fine. And it's like, dude, too positive. The house caught on fire. Like, what has to happen for you to be negative? What has to happen? Ashley yeah. has to die. That has to happen. Ashley has to die, and then she'll probably just sink into a sadness from which she will never yeah. recover. So, so Melanie comes and saves her, uh, and it turns out Scarlet does love her child. We see a glimpse of that here because she thinks that he's dead, um, and then she mm -hmm. has like a brief panic, and she, and then she's like, "Oh, Wade's okay." Um, so she does care about him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's always there so then something that scarlet begrudgingly thought about melanie even though she still is not admitting that she loves melanie or is her friend she thought well one thing i could say she's always there when you need her it's like yeah she literally saved your life you're so ungrateful <laughs> i know oh man and i'm like if there wasn't this ashley thing between them would she become better friends with Melanie faster or is Scarlett just the type of person to not have friends? I feel like it's the latter. Yeah. She just doesn't uh, mix well with no. others. So now the war is basically lost um, and the boys all come home and there's a bunch of them at Terra. Um, they're living in like a weird post-apocalyptic wasteland where it's like quiet and there's just a weird vibe. Um, Scarlet is relieved it's over everyone else is like oh we lost the like all the women at least are like we lost the war they're sad they're in mourning but Scarlet's mm -hmm. like it's over we don't have to deal with it anymore like whatever it's over now she's just very pragmatic yeah. um, the Yankees are away from Tara and that's really all she cares about is defending Tara so Scarlet thinks this also might mean Ashley will come home because the war's over he won't be a prisoner of war anymore so they go and they visit everyone who is left. The Tarletons are the worst visit for them. All four boys and horses are dead. So um, it's just really sad. And you feel really bad for the parents and the sisters. And so the Tarletons are like overly happy and desperate for visitors because no one wants to visit them because it's depressing being there because none of the boys are there because they're all dead. Um, but then yeah, uh, Kareen kind of um, whispers in, um, what's her face? Beatrice's ear. And she's, and then Scarlet follows her and Beatrice out into the yard where they have the uh, graves of the boys. 
and Beatrice shows Corrine the twins' brand new graves and gravestones, and she's like very proud of it. And it's like, and and Beatrice talks more about the death of her horses than the death of her boys. And I think it's because it's easier to talk about the death of your horses. It's easier to be mad that you only have a mule now than your fine horses. But it's much harder to be like, I had boys that I was so proud of and loved so much and they were my children and my babies and they're gone. So yeah, it's, uh, it's upsetting. It was a terrible thing because it just wiped out so many families, like collectively, like their entire, all the boys of that family dead, like so many fathers and so many sons and a bunch of like, like the women who they were married to or who their families, like they all had to disperse and like scatter because they had to find some way to survive. So they like, what was it? Scarlet like has that realization. She's like, who are the girls going to marry? Like, who are we going to share our lives now that all of these, all the men are gone. And it's just, it's so sad because it just levels out so many people. Sad. And then there's that one other line, like the women of the South being bitter. Yeah. I think the women are more upset than the men that they lost um, because the men are just like, we survived. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about it anymore. Like let's move on with our lives and live them. And the women didn't get any choice about whether the war was fought or not. And they didn't fight in the war. So it was just this huge thing that affected them that they were not a part of. Um, So Carrie Ann says no one could ever replace the Tarleton boys. Um, Even though Mm -hmm. like Melanie had said, Oh, Scarlett, you and I, we should raise our boys to be just like the Tarleton boys, like upstanding men, whatever, whatever. And she's going on and on trying to be positive. And then Carrie Ann's like, no, no one could replace them. Um, And then (laughs) we find out that Kathleen is going to marry the overseer, Mr. Hilton, which I don't really care about, but maybe it'll be more important later on. Um, A wise soldier named Will comes to stay with... um, with them at Terra. He has a wooden leg and pneumonia <laughs> and they nurse him back to health and he bonds with Corrine the most. She is constantly praying and she's praying for Brent Tarleton, um, which I know that um, certain Catholics will pray for people after they pass away. Um, and Scarlett did not know, but Will told her that Brent, when he came home on a visit, had proposed to Corrine. So they were actually engaged. Um, And Scarlett didn't even know that, but Will knew it. So she's kind of embarrassed that he knows more about her family Mm -hmm. than she does. Um, And she's kind of realizing how careless she's been with her sisters. But um, Mm -hmm. so Scarlett is still kind of like holding on to that jealous thing. Like, well, Brent only went to Corrine because I didn't want him, which is like petty and stupid. Terrible. Like she always is thinking like, oh, well, they were my bow first. It's like, no one yeah. cares, Charlotte, Scarlett, <laughs> whatever your name is. I sound like a dad. Whatever her name is. Charlotte, Charlotte whatever your name is, yep. get over here. <laughs> um, yeah, so Scarlett actually wants Kareen to marry Will because she likes Will. They, everyone likes Will. And it, it says like at some point, everyone in the family is going into Will's room and just like confiding in him because he's such a great listener. He's so perceptive. He's so kind and wise. And he's like everyone's therapist. And so Scarlett thinks 
Will would be perfect to be the man of Tara and she wants Kareen to marry him because he clearly fancies her, at least in Scarlett's opinion. And I think he does too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but Kareen is just like in her own world, just still mourning. Um, So Ashley returns home. Mm -hmm. Yay. Finally. Um, And Melanie just like runs and hugs him and it's so cute. But Right before Scarlet runs to also probably hug him, Will holds her back. And he's like, no, let them have this moment. And Scarlet's like, but it's Ashley. She's like, shut up. I'm going to go say hi. And, and Will's like, no. And he just looks at her and she knows that he knows that she loves Ashley. And he just looks at her with this understanding and this pity. So then... It was really good. I didn't expect that to happen. And it was like, a, oh, yeah. Will knows everything. You can't keep anything from Will. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. much the end of part three. That was long. It was it was so much. Yeah, it was so much. Good job. Proud Thanks. of you. <laughs> um, and now now the couples. Oh, man. Yes. All right couples there are a lot of couples like there are a lot of characters in this book there are a lot of couples yes and uh we obviously included all the ones with scarlet and then we tried to think of the other prominent ones so if there's a couple that you think we forgot you should let us know on our instagram so we can talk about them for the next podcast or the next episode yes so first first couple scarlet and Ashley, your thoughts, Haley? Um, well, I think that if we didn't have the stupid facade of the society, then maybe they would have been fine. Um, but I think ultimately Scarlet is governed by her desire to have what she cannot have. And she wants the finest things mm-hmm. in life. And she sees Ashley as the finest boy in life. So she thinks that she needs to have him and it's more of a possession than a relationship that she wants. Like she never thinks about like how they would be together. She just kind of thinks like, I want him. Yeah. Like I will have him and I will take him away from other people. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I feel like they might have worked. Like it's a half and half for me. So maybe like put him on a small boat with a small sail. Um, <laughs> the ship jokes are literally my favorite part about this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're in a small boat. But yeah, so I think they could have worked. Uh yeah, I think they could be I think they could be if he didn't have to marry his first cousin, I could totally see them getting married and it being like approved by their little society. Like because they're of equal it would have been status. difficult because they are different people. Yeah, but I think Ashley is a patient enough yeah. person to have worked through that. Scarlet might have gotten mad a lot, but I feel like they would have worked out. Yeah, but um, he says at one point like, "Oh, that's actually in the next part, so I won't spoil Ooh. it. Never mind." <laughs> um, and then Scarlet and Charlie, Charles. Just don't. Yeah, I think that yeah. he was happy. He definitely wasn't love and happy because she's this beautiful, popular girl that had said, "Yes, I will marry you." So he was like on cloud nine about it. 
I yeah. I guess I could ship it for short term because he didn't have to find out the truth, but I definitely sink it for long term yeah. because he did not deserve that. No, like, poor Charlie. She always described him, or it was always described as him having like doe like eyes. Like he was just a cutie. Ugh. Yeah, he was just innocent. And then Melanie and Ashley, which, despite the fact that they are first cousins, I feel like they work pretty well together. They're both very sweet and even tempered, and they've been close since yeah. they were kids. So they have that like history. So I wish that they weren't already mm-hmm. related before they got married. Yeah. And it's weird to me that Ashley does not believe in the war cause and Melanie believes in mm-hmm. it more than mm-hmm. him. And she's like very proud of him for fighting and she's happy when Scarlet shoots the Yankee. And it's it's strange because she believes mm-hmm. in the Confederacy. It's like why I are think you this way? Maybe one reason why she has to believe it is because it's a reason why Ashley has been taken away from her. So she's like, All right, I got it stock in this because otherwise it's worthless that's a good point yeah and that whole thing about her wanting to hold on to confederate bills so that her son can have them as like a memento is it just signifies that she wants to remember ashley's service because she doesn't want it to mean which like in hindsight is like a terrible thing be like you were born during this terrible time here's a memento of it Oh, yeah. yeah, there were literally cannons being fired like half a mile away when you were born. And I almost died, but like, <laughs> let's remember it. With this worthless paper. <sighs> I feel like you, I feel like um, I'm just reading them all. Is that okay? Do you want to read some? I feel bad. <laughs> oh, it's, I don't care. Um, so there's Scarlet and Rhett, which is like the headlining couple in the book and in the movie it's the one that everyone knows about that couple um and it's because they're so dynamic and they're so similar in a lot of ways they are not meant for the very um conservative society that they've been forced into and they can laugh together about how stupid it is all the rules that they're supposed to follow and um, Rhett has the um, comfortable position of being able to reject all of it because he is a man and he is rich. Um, but Scarlet does not. And so he's always pushing her buttons because he can. And she um, is always getting mad because she does deep down want to be the lady that Ellen raised her to be. But she just that's just not who she is. And so Rhett is always bringing that side out in her, that disobedient side. And she's kind of always fighting between the two sides of herself. Exactly. exactly. And like, I think at that, that one point, like Scarlet is like the woman that my mom wanted to me, me to be, she's gone now. It's all the things she taught me were worthless. So I'm going to be this different person. Um, and that person I think was always there. Like she always was rebellious about things. And she was very like yeah. formidable and saucy and all those things. And so I think that just like this war, and yeah, this war just brought it out. And so I also ship I ship her and Rhett because I feel like they work together. But also sometimes I feel like they're both so selfish that I don't know if they could be in a relationship. I think that they are the only possible matches for each other that we've seen so yeah. far. And he does seem to care for her because he is buying her things and he is very amused by her and her temper. And 
I, I think he admires her because he has noticed from the first time he met her that she's brave and she's not like the other girls. And not that not being like other girls is like some sort of virtue, but when you're pretending to be someone that you're not, like all the girls are, and Scarlett just doesn't hide it, I think that says yeah. something. And also, he's not going to waste his time with someone he doesn't like. Like, he's not one of those people that's going to be yeah. like, oh, well, I have to be nice. He's like, no, if I'm bringing you these expensive gifts, if I'm bringing stuff for your aunt just so I can hang out with you, it means that I want to hang out with you. Yeah. So. And he expects something in return. Oh, yeah. yeah, most <laughs> definitely. So, yeah. So then there's Ellen and Gerald. I I like them, but also it's still creepy. Like, I don't think that I can get over how much younger she is than him. And that she has a whole secret self locked away inside her that Gerald doesn't know at all. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, and I think, again, that there's parallels between Ellen and Melanie. Mm-hmm. Um, because Melanie is, just like Ellen, is willing to sacrifice herself for the people that she loves. And she's always seeing the best in people. And she doesn't, like, care about herself. She just cares about everyone around her. So Ellen... When she suffers this heartbreak, she's like, okay, well, Gerald is the right person to marry because he's in the right part of society, so I need to marry someone, and it'll be good for my family, and I'll marry him. It's Mm -hmm. fine. And she just sacrifices that happiness that she could have had, um, even though I guess she couldn't really have had it because he died. So we never really know the full story of her and her almost husband. I would like in a book or a movie about Ellen Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. So Gerald, oh Gerald. I I it's hard. It's just kind of like when we were talking about their eyes were watching God and it was normalized that Tea Cake had abused um oh my gosh, what's her name? Jamie? Janie. Yeah. So he hit her and it's like it's shocking in the book, but it's not completely unheard mm-hmm. of. And nowadays that would be like send him to prison like he should not even be in your life anymore but it it was a different dynamic back then so it's kind of like this where it's like it was acceptable for Gerald to have a crush on a 16 or 17 year old girl when he was old in his 40s um not saying 40s are old just just saying but (laughs) it was normal it was it was like completely normalized and it was like if you're freshly um, pubescent, then that is when you're most attractive because your skin is fresh and you are just a little, ew, I'm getting grossed out talking, but I'm not going to continue down that road. But basically, basically, they liked the whole like father-daughter dynamic in their relationships back then. It was like uh, the man has everything figured out already and the woman comes and she aids him in all of his ventures. Yeah. Like, I think that he did love her, but he, like, mm-hmm. didn't care to really, like, get to know her. And so he kind of was like, she's no. my wife and she helps me and she's great and I love her. I ship mm-hmm. it just because I feel like they make it work mm-hmm. and she keeps him in line for the most part, and uh, yeah, I don't know. They have a fun dynamic. Yeah, they are very cute. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kareen and Brent Tarleton, 
We don't know anything about them. <laughs> we just know that they got in. Like, she had a crush on him for a really long time, but he was Scarlet's beau. Beau. I always say beau in my head when I read it. Uh, but his beau. <laughs> um, and, like, we know nothing about his feelings. And so we're assuming that because, like, he liked her as well. Maybe it was because of the war and he just wanted to, like, love somebody. But um, yeah, it's just sad. It's, so it's sad. a sad and, like, star-crossed love. I ship it because I think that it's sweet that Kareen, like, never thought she could have him. And then he proposed mm-hmm. to her. She was probably, like, over the moon. And I like the Tarleton boys. I think they're fun. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I ship it. I wish he hadn't died. Yeah, same. I wish they hadn't died. Those redheads. Love me. Love me a handsome redhead. (laughs) (laughs) So then there's Scarlet and the Tarletons. And, of course, I I don't ship it. I don't either. It's just, first off, it's weird that both of them were like, we'll figure it out later which one she'll marry. (laughs) Because... Because basically, like, all of the relationships back then, it was like, well, if you're not going to marry this person, then why are you in this relationship? So they were, like, courting her together. They both decided on the same girl because one of them liked another girl and that girl didn't like one of the the other twin. So they're like, we got to like somebody that likes both of us, which makes no sense. So, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like they, it wouldn't have worked with Scarlet, uh, because they are so like silly and mischievous that she would have just got done with that real quick. Yeah. So it would not have worked. I think it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that I ship Ellen and Philippe, even though I know nothing about them. It had to have been a great love. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a bummer. It is. It's, How did he die? I think it was in a bar fight. What? Yeah. Stupid and reckless. I don't know if it was his fault. I don't remember that much, but I know it was a bar fight. So sad. <sighs> that would explain why she doesn't like Gerald drinking. Probably. But it just had to have been a powerful thing because, like, literally, like, more than 20 years later, she's dying and she's saying his name. Yeah. Man, this is a downer. <laughs> yeah. There's so much death. So much death. Let's bring it up with Beatrice Tarleton and her horses. Yeah, so- Beatrice Tarleton and her horses. They love each other. We ship them hardcore and um, they're all in heaven together now. So I just hope that in the next part that she'll maybe get new horses. I don't know if that will ever happen for her, but I I hope so. I want it to happen. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Going back. Imagine if Gerald like comes back like from his weird state of mind and he just buys Beatrice all the horses and then they fall in love and then let's just assume Mr. Tarleton is just not there anymore we assume because he literally was not mentioned when they went to visit him but they went to visit the Tarletons after the war I think he, he was I think so oh, I he's literally a nothing character I <laughs> never when if I read about him I would skip over it because I just don't I don't even know what he looks like does he have red hair <laughs> I don't know. Also, weird thing that doesn't make any sense. I don't think as um I, I don't think as redheaded people being southern. I don't know why, but I just don't. It doesn't fit into my worldview for some reason. Well, yeah. Um, 
Well, Gerald is Irish, mm-hmm. so I bet they're probably well Tarleton. That sounds Irish. Tarleton. Right? I can't do an Irish accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tarleton. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Joseph. You're doing great. <laughs> I know I am. So proud. Hashtag so proud. Beatrice <laughs> uh, Tarleton. I can't. I can't even try because I'm like it will be bad. So then I just don't. Um. Who else? Who else do we got? We got the one. Oh wait, two people. Two people left, or two groups. So we have Kathleen Calvert, who marries Mister Hilton, and like we were talking about before the podcast, we don't really know why it's really important that they put. She put that in the book. It's like at the very end of part three, kind of. Kathleen like rides over and tells Scarlet that she's gonna marry their previous overseer, who is a Yankee. And it's sad because Kathleen's brother has died and her stepmother, who's from the North, is leaving with her kids and going to leave Kathleen all by herself. So she has to marry this man who we know nothing about. And it's really random. So we don't know anything about it yet. Yeah. And then the last people on the list are the Meads. So Dr. Mead and his wife, who's in charge of one of the hospitals in Atlanta. This is the doctor who told Scarlett, go find a woman to help you deliver that baby. I have to tend to these dying people. Um, before the, before, before that happened, they were both pretty great, like pillars of their community. Like he was the doctor. She was the one who was helping the town in charge of everything. And so they were like, he was a boy, she was a girl, <laughs> can I make it any more obvious? You're doing so, uh, what Avril Lavigne voice, that was good. Beautiful. <laughs> what a voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're so, this is a party, guys. We both have to go to work. <laughs> okay, what was I going to say about them? I was going to say um, that I should... Pillars of community. They work together. They work well. They're like a dynamic duo. They also have a sad because their sons all die. So they have to stay. Like they have to lean on each other. So I ship them. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That's pretty much it. it. That's it. This is a long, this is a doozy, you guys. I hope that you enjoy it, though. I feel like we did, we did pretty good. I, I, we definitely, um, we definitely did it. So we did. Here. We talked about this book. We definitely did. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to cut this off before we get too wacko. So um, Mariah, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch, please don't write a poem about it on the Confederate money that's worthless now. Uh, also, don't write a letter to us between the lines of the letter that we sent you. We didn't talk about that at all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're assuming that they read exactly. the book. So exactly. Fine. There we go. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Don't. Don't nurse us back to life after we literally almost die in childbirth and continue to resent us for the husband we married that we don't know that you love. Exactly. And don't um hide all your feelings deep down inside and then die definitely don't do that (laughs) 
Don't say our name as your last dying breath. We want it to be like a regular breath. We don't want it to be the last one. Yeah. Don't shoot us in the face because we said, oh, I'm not alone in the house. Looking at you, Scarlett. <laughs> oh, but to contact us, we have an Instagram. It's at Lit in Love Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lit in Love Podcast. Also, subscribe. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot. And recommend us to your nerd friends and your other friends. Maybe they'll also enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, that was really long.